G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. Is it optional for Christians to share their faith? Pastor Greg Laurie says it's not. It's clear instruction from Jesus himself. The moment you became a Christian, you entered the Lord's military. Your CO, your commanding officer, has given you a direct order, son, daughter. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. So you either say, yes, sir, or you say, no, sir. You're commanded. What are you going to do? This is the day when the lost are found. Lives depend on clear communication, on an organised chain of command, and on the need to obey orders without question and without delay. Today, on A New Beginning, we might well follow that example in how we respond to God's leading in our lives. Pastor Greg Laurie helps us to get the instruction we need to follow the orders of our commanding officer. We'll learn today how we can tell someone the good news. If you've ever felt like you're not ready for that assignment, tune in at the right time. Let's grab our Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 15. This is a new series that I'm doing and the title of it is Tell Someone, subtitle, You Can Bring Others to Jesus. I believe if you will hear, process, and implement the principles that I'll share with you from the Word of God that you will be leading people to Christ before you know it. You might say, now Greg, that's a bit presumptuous, isn't it? Is not conversion the work of the Holy Spirit? Yes, that's true. But honestly, sometimes that's said by people that do absolutely nothing. In evangelism, there's God's part and there's our part. Our part is to proclaim the gospel. God's part is to convert people. But we all have a part to play. The Holy Spirit is gonna nudge you at times to share your faith, but he's not gonna take you over and make you do it. But this is what God wants us to do. So that brings us to point number one. If you're taking notes, you might wanna write this down. Point number one. Effective sharing starts with caring. But really, if we're honest, do we really care about non-believers? A lot of times we want as little to do with them as possible. Instead of infiltrating, we're isolating. And we're never going to reach anyone if we don't have contact with them, are we? Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. But it starts with a burden. Sharing starts with caring. Now look at Luke chapter 15. I had you turn there earlier. Because this is a series of teachings given by Jesus. Luke 15 has three primary movements in it. It shows how God views people who do not yet know Him. And you might be surprised 
by what you read here. Jesus uses three metaphors showing God's love. First we have a shepherd who lost a sheep, verses one to seven. A woman who lost a coin, verses eight to 10. And finally a father who lost a son, verses 11 to 32. So first we're compared to a sheep being sought by a shepherd. And he would not give up until he found it. And then when he finds the lamb, Jesus says, in the same way there's more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents and returns to God than 99 others who have strayed. Listen to this. Every time someone on earth believes in Jesus, heaven rejoices. We need to remember that because that should cause us to care about non-believers. If heaven rejoices over every one sinner that repents, should we not do the same? And then Jesus talks about a woman who lost a coin. Now back in those days the bride would wear sort of a headband. And in the headband there were multiple coins. So to lose a coin from your headband as a bride would be like losing your wedding band. So this girl's looking for her lost coin. She finds it. Jesus again concludes there in Luke 15 verse 10. In the same way there is joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. And finally, the last movement of the story, we have a father missing his son. It's probably one of the most well-known stories from the Bible. It's such a perfectly written story that author Charles Dickens said of it, it's the greatest short story ever told. Poet Robert Bridges said, it's a flawless piece of art. I've told the story all around the world as they've had the opportunity to preach the gospel. I find it resonates with every kind of person, every kind of culture. Men get it, women get it, children get it. Everyone understands it. It's such a straightforward story. And if God were to ever take a selfie, this is what he would look like. In this story, Jesus says, God is like a father who has two sons. And when one of the sons goes astray, he desperately misses that son and longs for his return. You know the story. The boy comes to his dad demanding his portion of the inheritance. And off that kid goes to a place far away, ending up with hookers and booze and partying and all that kind of stuff. And after a while, that boy spends all of his money. And all of his friends that he had are gone with the money. And he's actually feeding pigs, which is not a very kosher thing for a good Jewish boy to do. And he actually is thinking, maybe I will eat the food that I'm feeding the pigs and then it dawns on him, this is stupid, this is ridiculous. I'm gonna go back to my father and I'm gonna say, Father, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Just take me on as a hired hand. So back home the boy goes. Now the guy was probably, he was probably older. Maybe his body was a little bowed with age. Maybe his body was ravaged with the bad choices he had made in his lifestyle. He's going back home. Meanwhile, back at the ranch. It's almost like the camera moves now from the boy and we come to the father. This is called the parable of the prodigal son. But it could just as easily be called the parable of the loving father. For it's a story of how God loves us. Back at the ranch there's dad sitting on the front porch, maybe in his rocking chair, missing his boy. Maybe it's been years. Maybe it's been decades. We don't know. The story doesn't say. But he would just long for that boy's return. He would sit out there and wait. 
One day he's sitting out there on the porch and he sees a familiar figure making his way down the path to the home. It's his boy. And the father is so excited he bolts out of his chair and runs to his son and throws his arms around him and kisses him and says, Rejoice with me. This is my son who is dead and is alive again. The boy didn't even get to finish his speech. Father, I'm no longer worthy to be called. Yeah, forget that. You're my son. You've always been my son. Welcome home. That's a picture of God. And here's the amazing thing. In this culture, it was considered undignified for an older man to run. Not to mention the fact that it's harder for an older man to run. I know this from personal experience. Because I've tried running. You know, I can walk a, for a long distance and I'm fine. And I'll say, I'm just do a little jog. I'm walking really fast. People tell me I walk really fast. But then, I'll, let's do a jog. I just, the moment I do this, I hate life. <laughs> just everything shaking and just misery. Immediate misery. Oh, I hate that. Go back to walking again. I have people that love to run. Oh, I just had a good run. What a great run. What are you, crazy? <laughs> you had a great, oh, crazy, great run. Man, the endorphins were released. I've never had a single endorphin released in my life doing any kind of exercise. I have had the release of endorphins eating hamburgers, however. <laughs> it's undignified. Fathers, older gentlemen did not run in this culture. If Jesus had not said this, we would not even dare to suggest it. Jesus compares the Father in heaven to a father who misses his son so badly he's willing to lose his dignity, if you will, to get to his son as quickly as possible. So here's my question for you. If that father was willing to lose his dignity to engage his son, are you willing to lose yours to engage a non-believer? Great to have you with us today. This is A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California. And he's sharing about our privilege of sharing the gospel. Now, have you ever heard the term lifestyle evangelism? Is it enough to let our light shine but not really overtly share our faith? Pastor Greg Laurie continues now with his message, Tell Someone. We're commanded by Jesus to fulfill the Great Commission. It's not a suggestion. Listen, the moment you became a Christian... You entered the Lord's military. Your CO, your commanding officer, has given you a direct order, son, daughter. Go. It's actually a command in the Greek. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. So you either say, yes, sir, or you say, no, sir. What are you going to do? You're commanded. We must do this. Now what is the Great Commission? Again, it's to preach the gospel and it's to make disciples. What does that mean? It means to the best of our ability, led by the Holy Spirit, we seek to bring people to Jesus Christ, get them up on their feet spiritually, and then go and do it again, and go and do it again, and go and do it again. And let me ask you this. When is the last time you did that? When's the last time you engaged someone? I believe it can energize you and help you as well as it can help the person you're ministering to. I would compare it to going to Disneyland with adults or kids. It's a drag to go to Disneyland with adults because they complain so much. And, and I would include myself in this. First thing we say is, so stinking expensive. <laughs> what is it, like a thousand bucks to get in the park now? I mean, it's crazy. So we gripe about that. Then we walk in the park and 
Oh, they have a place to eat here. Where's a good restaurant? So then we go and eat. And what happens after that? We're sleepy. So we're saying, I know there's adventure land. Is there a nap land here somewhere? It, yeah, that's the problem. And then we go on a ride. That's so fake. That, that, that doesn't look real at all. We just complain the whole time. You know, it was a lot better when Walt was still around. <laughs> that's going to Disneyland with an adult. The happiest time for a kid going to Disneyland is when you walk in. The happiest time for an adult at Disneyland is leaving. Now take a kid with you, a child. See it through their eyes. It really is, as the song says, a whole new world. It's a magical place in the best sense of that word. They love it. They're enjoying it. That's why you should take a child. Because, you know, you're standing in line for a ride now. And they have these little signs. If you're at this place in the line, you will be on the ride in one month. It's like, did you have to tell me that? I was happier when I didn't know. But children, they don't care. They love the rides. They love the whole experience. And this can be true of church as well. For those that have known the Lord for a while, where we become a little jaded. We take things for granted. We start complaining about everything. The music's too loud. Music's not loud enough. It's too hot. It's too cold. It's too big. It's too small. It's too something. And on and on we go. And then if that preacher would dare to add an invitation for people to come to Christ at the conclusion of his message, we see that as an affront. Because he says, now there might be some of you here that don't know Jesus today and you're thinking, what is he doing? This is going to take longer and I want to go to lunch. And I've had people, why I'm inviting people to Christ, get up out of their seat and walk out. To me, that is so insensitive. How could we be so out of sync with heaven? Heaven is waiting with bated breath for someone to believe so we can have a victory shout and break out in applause and we, well, we just want lunch. We just want the service to end. Now I'm going to tell you how it will change. Bring a non-believer or a new believer with you to church next Sunday. Everything's different. You ever notice when you bring a visitor to church how you look at everything in a different way because you look at it through their eyes? So while the worship's happening, you're kind of looking at them sideways. <laughs> Are they liking this? <laughs> then maybe if I get up to speak, you're thinking, you're praying, God, don't let Greg tell the lame joke again. Lord, help him. He's so weird. Lord, or are those my thoughts? I don't know. Or my prayers. <laughs> but then you're praying, Lord, have him give an invitation. Lord, speak to him. Show Greg or the pastor to give that invitation. And then when the pastor says, now if you don't know Jesus Christ, here's what you need to do. You're going, yes. And you're praying for that person. And then that person that you brought, if they respond to that invitation and they receive Christ, what a joyful day that is. You see how everything can change when you get a non-believer or a new believer in your life? Listen, this is the command by the Lord. Don't think of this as a mere duty. Don't think of this as drudgery. Think of this as a privilege. Think of this as a joy. Think of this as the greatest opportunity, the greatest adventure ever to share the gospel. Well, I'm going to end this message now. But I'm going to do what I just talked about. Because here's someone visiting us today. <laughs> and you've come to this church service with your friend or family member. And you're hearing us talk about how to reach people like you. Let me just say this to you that are visiting. God loves you. He has a plan for you. His whole service has, in fact, been about you. 
How you can come into this relationship with Jesus and you're separated from him by your sin. And there's nothing you can do to rectify this. But God loved you so much. Jesus died on the cross for your sin and he rose again three days later. And right now he stands at the door of your life and he knocks. And he says, if you will hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. Many years ago, I won't say how many, over 40, I heard that invitation and I believed in Jesus. I've never for a moment regretted it. And you're hearing it right now. Jesus said, you're for me or against me. To not be for him, to be with him, is to be opposed to him. Where do you stand? Would you like your sin forgiven? Would you like to know that you'll go to heaven when you die? Would you like to know this peace that we've been talking about today? If so, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to believe in him as we close in prayer. Let's all bow our heads. Father, thank you for your word to us. Thank you for the wonderful message of the gospel. Now I pray for any here or those that are listening who do not yet know you. Lord, would you help them to see their need for you and help them to come to you and help them to believe in you at this very moment. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Pastor Greg Laurie with an important word of prayer. And as you've listened today, you've come to realize that you need to make a change in your relationship with God. Let me encourage you, today is a great day to do that. And Pastor Greg would like to help you right now. I think people are surprised that it doesn't take years to become a Christian. It doesn't take months. It doesn't take weeks. It doesn't take days. It doesn't even take hours. You can believe on the spot. And I would like to lead you in a prayer where you can ask for his forgiveness, a prayer where you can receive Jesus Christ into your life as your Savior and Lord. So if you want Christ to come into your life, if you want him to forgive you of your sin, if you want a second chance in life, if you want to go to heaven when you die, stop what you're doing and pray after me. These words, Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner and I'm sorry for my sin, and I turn from it now, and I choose to follow you from this moment forward as Savior and Lord, as God and friend. Thank you for loving me and calling me and forgiving me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Now, if you've just prayed those words with Pastor Greg, and you meant them sincerely, Know on the authority of Scripture that the Lord has heard you and forgiven you. And we'd love to send you some resource materials to help you in your new journey of faith. Just ask for a New Believers Growth Packet when you call us on 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. And the team would also love to pray with you. That's 1-800-772-936. Well, next time, Pastor Greg helps us with something called... Frangelism. Yes, frangelism. We'll find out what that is when we return next time on A New Beginning. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called Tell Someone. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast. Or for a copy on CD, Contact Vision Christian Store on 1800 
5011 or go to visionstore.org.au. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.